Fox Sports is the home of Australian rugby, and this is the official Fox Rugby Podcast with your host, Nick McArdle. Terrific to have you company once again on the Fox Rugby Podcast and joining me this week, as always, Christy Doran and Sam Worthington from foxsports.com.au. We will be joined by Luke Jones from the Melbourne Rebels shortly and also Emily Robinson from uh, the Waratahs women as they get ready for their Super W final against the Queensland women this Sunday at Leichhardt Oval. But uh, gentlemen, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Nick, and uh, great to have great you to here, have mates. You. Um, there was a few. There was a search party put out, wasn't there, on on Friday night on the way to Newcastle for the Tars Sunwolves games. You didn't quite make it. Can you didn't, take take us through the the story of what happened? Didn't quite make it. No. Um, so heading up uh, the M1, the old F3, uh, at about two thirty in the afternoon, and my uh, my car gave up the ghost um, yeah. just over the other side of the Hawkesbury River, heading up towards. Mount White, and um, she decided that uh, wasn't going to go any further, and waited for the NRMA for an hour or so. They were terrific, uh, and then <laughs> and then wait, no, they were he he was a champion, and then um, champion well. he, he was no, he was a ripper, and then um, and then waited for the flatbed tow truck when uh, the NRMA guy decided that he wasn't able to to help me. So that was my afternoon. I, um, first time you've first missed time, a game like that? First time in yep. a decade yep. that I have been forced to uh, miss a game. And so. it does, does it make you uh, a little bit concerned that the coverage went on so seamlessly? Yes, I heard it, it was does. better. <laughs> it does. Yes. <laughs> Ratings were high. Though. Yes. Uh, yes and, um, that's a CLM, a career-limiting move that was, yeah. And just to follow up on that, so I have, there's a few sightings you've been driving around in the very fancy sports car around uh, the, the Fox Sports vicinity. Yes. What, what's the go there? So... So my um, so Ralph from Reliable Automotive in um, Reliable Ralph. Yep, in uh, Artarman in in Sydney. Uh, I've been taking car there uh, for oh, twenty or twenty five years now. And speaking of rippers, he is an absolute ripper as well, champion. And he said um, he said no problems. When you get back, he said I'll leave I'll leave a key out in the letterbox, uh, and it's got a, a combination lock on it. Uh, I'll leave a key out in the letterbox. I've got a spare car here, one of mine, and you can take that for the weekend and we'll sort you out on Monday. Fantastic. So get there, get the key out of the letterbox. I'm looking around and I'm, you know, press press uh, unlock and the lights flash on a, a beautiful Audi S5 lift. Only back. the best for you, Nick. Yep, on the other side of the road. How good's this? A lone car, Audi Quattro S5. Never driven one before. This is going to be fun. So... Took it home and showed the family. Look, 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 look at that! This is the best car we've ever had in the driveway. And got up the next day. Took the young bloke to uh, to rugby for his first game of the year. You didn't and actually have a game. You just wanted to drive the car. Right. Yeah. And it's and it's about one thirty in the afternoon. I thought I haven't heard from Ralph. He was going to report back on my car. So I ring up Ralph, and he said. Um, Oh, he said, mate, sorry, um, had a bit of a hectic morning. Um, I've had the police here. I've been on the phone to the insurance company. I said, well, what's going on? And he said, oh, he said, some, and I won't use language, some bugger uh, stole a car from here last night. I said, no way. And he said, yeah, this beautiful Terrible. Audi A5 <laughs> liftback Quattro. He said, it's a beautiful car. Oh, and I said, Ralph, like the one I'm driving right now. And he said, what? And, and I said, well, you said you were going to leave a key out. Oh, that's right, I did too. So uh, poor, poor uh, 
bloke, he's a real estate agent somewhere in Sydney who has also been taking his cars to Ralph for years. Poor real estate agent. Yeah. Right. He, and so Ralph had left his key out because he'd finished working on his car on Friday and left his key out for him to pick it up. So he must have got there half an hour after I did and I thought, his was the hire car, so I've taken <laughs> the, off of that. The, the busted Corolla that you were supposed to be driving is just sitting there going to, to That's waste. right. And the kicker, to, the kicker to all of this is I must track him down and give him a bottle of wine and say really sorry. He had all the keys for the Saturday morning open inspections oh, no. sitting in the car. So I don't know what happened there. So if you're trying to sell your house and weren't able to have an open inspection last Nick Saturday Carlos, morning, I'm sorry, it's it's my fault. Reliable so, Ralph, that's a, uh, that's a cracking story. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and so, so my bloke was – my young bloke was – Concern that we were then going to get picked up by the police. His head was on a swivel looking for Outlaws. police cars yeah, because yeah. we were in a stolen car. Well, rightfully so as well. Mm. Jeez, well, you've had an action-packed weekend. Yes. As, as action-packed as it was on the field. Is, a, is that a segue? Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah. talk some rugby. Let's. You're listening to the Fox Rugby Podcast. Yes, let's talk some rugby. And I'm following my rundown here and it says Waratah's Calamity. So I guess we're talking about the game that I missed on Friday night. Didn't really miss much, did I? Well, you missed missed plenty of uh, things, just not a lot of great things from a Waratah's perspective. It all got off to such a great start, didn't it? it, it, That's often the case when teams score too easily, perhaps. They they mentally clock off, um, and that seems to be what happened too early tries. Um, The the game opened up, uh, the classic not earning the right to to play, that sort of kicked in, and and, um, young Mac Mason, unfortunately, had a a game he'd love to forget. So, yeah, a very very costly loss, potentially, for the Waratahs, this one. Do you think if you take it back even further than those two early tries, in terms of, you know, just affecting the psyche of the Waratahs, and the fact that they had decided to rest... Uh, key players for this game and I know there's the rest policy it has to happen at some stage because they've signed up for it with Rugby Australia and and the Wallabies but you rest Adam Ashley Cooper you rest Bernard Foley and you rest Jack Dempsey so maybe that sort of um, psyche or mentality it almost eased off a little bit even before the start of the game. I reckon it's, it's just excuses in my opinion. I reckon that they've just turned up and they've had a shocker and it's... Yes, but, but, but you've got to drill down into why they had... Why did they have a okay, shocker? but what about the blokes that are coming into the into the team that have been sitting on the sidelines and waiting for an opportunity? Isn't it all, all should be about competition for places? Well, well, yes, but isn't that another discussion? So, Mac Mason has been sitting on the sidelines waiting for his opportunity. What did, what did we say on the weekend? I think he'd, he'd played a, all up eight minutes of Super Rugby and there we were in, in, a, in, in round seven. No, no, this is in 2019, I think he Yeah, played. but he didn't play at all last year. So, so. So, so you know that you're going to have to throw this guy into the mix at some stage because you know you have to rest Bernard Foley. Have they pulled the wrong rein in not giving him... Uh, more time in the lead up to this round. I think there's probably ideally probably should have had a few more minutes, but I I feel like that's maybe being talked up a little bit too much. I mean, Daryl Gibson said he wouldn't change anything after the game. He, he's got a responsibility to to win games and now and now rest players as well. And uh, yeah, I don't have a huge problem with that. I mean, the uh, Mac Mason, you're playing the Sun Wolves. You've got a you know quality team around you. There's 
there's no real excuses. I, I don't think we kind of the young kids had a shock, and we feel a bit sorry for them. We kind of inventing things um, to, you know, to, as to why. But unfortunately, it just hasn't gone well for him. I, I've quite liked the little cameos I've seen in him in, in the past. Unfortunately, it's gone gone horribly for him. Hopefully, he can bounce back from that. But yeah, I, I agree that it's sort of inventing excuses, I think. And a lot of credit also needs to go to the Sunwolves um, for the way they play. Sure. Yeah, it comes down to poor kicking. We, and the amount of kicks, that, and, and Mason did play a part in that, but we saw Jake Gordon kick out of the full. We saw Izzy Folau kick out in the full. We saw just drop passes from, from all of the backs, basically. They... It's it's a it's it's an issue that all of Australian rugby is struggling with, not just the Super Rugby teams, but the Wallabies. They just can't put back-to-back performances together, and that surely just comes down to uh, it's really it's a losing mentality, it's a losing culture. These guys don't know oh. how to they don't know how to win regularly. No, but they, I don't know. I, I think losing losing mentality and losing culture is pretty. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. You look at you look at all the teams that they they can't put. You look at the Brumbies this year. They put a good performance against the Chiefs, then they struggle the next week. They they, they played well in terms of out and throughs, probably the Waratahs, and they go up to Brisbane and they have another shocker. Uh, the Reds have done the same. The Rebels probably the only team this year that have shown some form of consistency. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's too much of it. I think sometimes you've got to call it how it is and then you look at the Wallabies particularly and where all the, the key leaders are, particularly at the Waratahs, and they take up a big proportion of the Wallabies. They, they, they can't put three, four games together back to back and I, I, I think that's a huge issue. So but, psychology or what, like, what, what do you put it down to? It, it is mind blowing, isn't it, that you can beat the Crusaders and then lose to the the Sunwolves? That you know you, you can say it shows the equality of the competition, which is a, a good thing. But I, it comes down to personal accountability, I think. Like Michael Hooper, um, he, he's not necessarily the world's most outrageously skilled or talented guy, but he prepares superbly well every single week. He, he demands those high standards of himself, and he plays consistently well. So I, I do think I feel a little bit sorry for him because he puts in every single week um, as a captain should, and, and guys just aren't taking that. Per- Personal responsibility. I don't think for 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 you know treating every moment during the week possibly as, as seriously as they should. Uh, Simon Simon Cron um, message. I messaged him on the on the Sunday, so the day after the the Crusaders game, going, "Yep, brilliant, great result." What did you think of this? Blah blah blah. And he said, "Mate, it was good. Obviously, a good win. We did this well. We did that well. But it's one one performance. We've got to be consistent." You know? And it, so the messaging the entire week would have been. Guys, we can't take this for granted. We've got a win. We only just scraped over against the Sun. We was probably should have lost over there in Tokyo. And then, then a performance like this comes out. Hmm. No, yeah. No, I mean, if we knew the answers, I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that the Waratahs coaching staff would know the answers before we do. So I think also, like you, you've got the guys that have been rested. If if the Waratahs come out and they win by 12 points and they put a good performance out, you don't even question the idea of a rotation policy at all. You think, yeah, brilliant, they did that well. But they didn't. That's what I think. That's why they, that's that's why it's been quite. Yes, you're probably right. But the fact is, they rested them and they didn't win. The silver lining is it's a, it's a it's a it's a good well it's a performance. It's an opportunity for Mac Mason to build hopefully on that. And and, and for the Waratahs and New South Wales rugby going forward, Bernard Foley is unlikely to be there next year. That 
it's an opportunity for, for Mason to show him what he's about. And obviously he's going to have to do a little bit more on the opportunities he gets for the, for the remainder of the year. Otherwise, Daryl Gibson will be thinking, who's, who's your other 10? All right. Uh, the other game that uh, really grabbed the interest uh, from an Australian point of view last weekend was the Rebels and the Reds. And, you know, leading up to it was uh, all the talk about Will Genia and, and even to a greater extent, Quade Cooper uh, returning to Suncorp Stadium. Uh, and it must have been very satisfying for the Rebels and for those two former Queensland uh, greats in, in getting the win over the Reds. Yeah, we, we talk about the rest rotation policy and you know, who's doing it well, who's doing it right. Uh, the Rebels copped a, a bit for obviously lo- losing twice in South Africa, but I think we saw the benefits of uh, sending four key players home early, um, guys like Genia and, and Coleman. I think Corabidi, um, you know, Genia in particular, had a had a great game and they were clearly, I think, targeting that game and, and, and took care of business, took, took the Reds on up front. And I, I was a little bit disappointed uh, by the Reds, certainly, because I think a lot of people had high hopes for that game. It was a great opportunity to showcase Aussie rugby on the rise, I think. Um, a, b- a big derby game and they just didn't really front and the, the spectacle wasn't quite what it was. So, yeah, it's a shame for the, the Reds fans that, that came out, but clearly um, you know, with the Tars lost now, um, I guess cements uh, the, the feeling that Rebels are the team to beat now in the Aussie Conference. We've got Luke Jones standing by. We'll have a chat with him in just a moment, but uh, he's part of a, a forward pack that really took it to the Reds. And before this season, you know, so much, so much was made about uh, the Reds' pack being, you know, one of the big weapons that they would have this year based on what happened last year. It hasn't really worked out like that. It hasn't, no. And, and look, I think the line-outs where they really, obviously, Luke Jones had a great job uh, again with the line-out, disrupted any ball that the, the Reds had. So the likes of Bryce Heggarty, who was really impressive the week before against the Brumbies, just didn't get much ball. He was pretty deep. He kicked away a lot of possession. But you're right, the, the props, uh, we haven't seen Taniela Tupo really make a huge impression. I think the locks have been doing a good job. Um, Salakar Loto has been doing a fine job. And I think Luke Wright's put on a bit of weight and size. And he's, he's actually... Actually, you know, performing solidly, but in terms of performance, there was a lot of drop ball and clearly the greasy conditions. A lot of rain earlier in the day didn't didn't help. Yeah, we talk about consistency, and then there it is again. I mean, the Reds did a number on the Brumbies pack, who have got a you know, pack full of Wallabies the week before, so they they did well there. Just couldn't couldn't back it up, and yeah, that's what you get from particularly young um, young players and young teams. But it goes right across the competition. I think with in World Cup year, the, there is a bigger prize in mind for for a lot of these senior players, and we're getting you know all sorts of crazy results. Obviously, the Chiefs form line um, that's been all over the shop, and you, you just can't pick anything. Oh, I certainly can't at the moment. Um, even even the Crusaders, of course, um, they've had their slip up against the the Tars. So it is a, a wacky competition, which is great in one respect. You can turn on the TV and not know what's going to happen. But um, I think a lot of tipsters and coaches are in particular losing their hair. And that uh, that Reds forward pack is going to get another uh, testing, uh, another working over. Well, not a working over, but they will be tested uh, by the Stormers, who have a very, very good forward forward pack. That uh, that game uh, this Friday night at Suncorp Stadium. But right now, uh, on the Fox Rugby Podcast, here is one of the stars of the Melbourne Rebels in 2019. You're listening to the Fox Rugby Podcast. And joining us on the Fox Rugby Podcast, Luke Jones. Uh, terrific to have your company. And before we get started, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yeah. How, how old today, Luke? Uh, 28. <sighs> feeling, feeling very old. 
28, whilst we're on that subject, mate, um, you cut your hair earlier this year, it looked like it. Like, we, we, you left us and you had kind of, you know, nice yeah. hair and you came back Watch. and it's, yeah, you've shaved it. What's the deal there? Um, well, uh, I have been receding for quite some time um, <laughs> and I just felt like it was time to uh, time to wrap up, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's... A lesson to be learnt there from one of our podcast uh, uh, people here in um, Christy Doran, I think, is oh, thinking yeah. that that yeah. could be some inspiration for him. At some stage, you've got to give it up, don't you? That's it. You do. You just have to. You just have to realise it's over. The game's over. Luke, I reckon it's brought a, a harder edge to your game. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Maybe it's an appearance thing. Yeah, because you look like an axe murderer. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, um. Thanks. So back from France this year, and yeah. how how are you finding it? How have you settled back into uh, to Melbourne life, and particularly life at the Rebels, because it's a very different Rebels setup, very different Rebels team to the one you left. It is, yeah, it's completely different. Um, obviously, I, you know, I, I, Melbourne's great. It's, I think it's the best city in the world. So I'm I'm very happy being back and very settled with my family. And uh, yeah, I mean, the club is completely different. You know, a whole bunch of new guys, and I mean, it's a, it's a, it's it's a lot more professional. Um, you know, there's a lot more. I guess there's a higher standard of um, standards and stuff, and you know, skill and everything. So it is. It's it's, it's very challenging, and, and I'm enjoying that that challenge every day. So it's good. Before we get back to the Rebels and um, just how well they're going, mate, uh, your time away in France, it sounds very yeah. glamorous, playing playing rugby on, on good money and, and, and Bordeaux and travelling around, but uh, I think you've, you've spoken in the past, it's, it's, it's maybe not all it's cracked up to be at times, it's a pretty tough tough slog, isn't it, the way they do rugby over there? Yeah, yeah, it can be tough. Um, I mean, it's a lot of... It's a lot of games and it's, you know, during the, the very cold winter. So, I mean, some games you can't even feel your hands. So, um, it, it can be, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great place and stuff and a great place to visit. But, yeah, I was, I was ready to come back and, to, you know, to, to challenge myself and, and yeah, get, try and get back in the swing of things down here. So you've talked about how the Rebels have changed and uh, what, what about you? If you compare yourself as a footballer now compared to when you went away, what are the changes in Luke Jones? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Uh, I think probably set piece. I mean, I, I feel coming back into Super Rugby, you know, like I feel, yeah, like the contact levels, sorry, probably aren't as aren't as brutal as, you know, the guys in France who are just trying to run over the run into you as hard as possible. So I mean, yeah, I feel I feel a lot lot better with my set piece stuff. You know, line out work has really paid off, I think, over there. Because they, you know, it's a very set piece dominant sort of game. With, you know, the winter games and all the rest of it. So yeah, that's really helped and, and you know, I think I've brought that back and, and yeah, the, the contact levels is obviously pretty high over there. So those two things are probably the uh, the main things that I've taken away from France and been able to bring bring in my game a bit more over here. We saw some of that set piece prowess on the weekend, three line-out steals and a, and a, a ruck uh, getting all over the ball and, and forcing a, a turnover there. Look, just like this year, it's, it's obviously it's a World Cup year and, and clearly you're here, but 
there's a lot of others that are considering going over and some that have already signed to go overseas. Like just back to that point just slightly, have you, have you, have you got like a words of advice or, or, or would you encourage people to go overseas and, and, and have a year or two over there? Um, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you know, I've, I have spoken to players about it. You know, you always think the grass is greener elsewhere. So, I mean, you're always, in, you're always interested in what else, what else is out there sort of. But, yeah, I've just said to players, like, it's, you know, it's good for a bit of experience and a bit of learning, but you know, you know, not, nothing, nothing's as good as the Super Rugby competition, and nothing's as good as I think playing in Australia. So, um, yeah, I think that if guys want to do it for a year or two, sorry, there's a truck going, a bit noisy. Um, if guys, if guys want to do it for a year or two, like I think that could be good for their career. Um, but yeah, I, I think any more than that, I don't think there's much point. And Luke, you've uh, made a great start to the season, of course, and you've had a taste um, of life in the Wallabies jersey before. I think you're involved in the the last uh, camp that, that Michael Checker got together. Well, what sort of feedback um, or you know what, what work ons have you been given to to force your way back into the test file? What what do you think you need to do to to get the nod there? Um, I'm going to see to keep uh, high level of work rate, but um, making sure that I'm not just you know, doing things for the sake of doing them, but I've got to be more effective at, at what I do. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing. Um, and I think just may, 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 mainly just leg drive and staying square through through contact. I mean, those those things are pretty key, especially going into, going into you know, test arena. I mean, you know, it's, it's about minimal um, mistakes and, you know, really, really not having sort of any major flaws in your game. So I think just just making sure I'm staying on top of anything that um, anything that's um, hindering me now uh, or just trying to get through any flaws that I have. And then, yeah, I think that they're probably the, the main things that I've been told to, to work on leading into, leading into the rest of the Super Rugby. So... What is that communication like, Luke, with, uh, well, you've got obviously Michael Check has been the sole selector over the last few years, but now with uh, a panel coming in of Michael O'Connor and uh, also Jono. So, you know, how yes. how is that communication and is it open and honest or do you not yeah. hear from them for long periods of time? Where does it sit? Um, I, think it's, I think it's pretty good. That we've had camps um, and we have communication through an application, um, which is which is pretty consistent weekly, so you know we're 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 always in the we're always aware of like what we need to do and um, what direction we need to go in, um, and I mean you know we are in our super teams at the moment, but um, you know it's good they're they're putting the Wallabies guys are putting in the back of our minds that you know this is where this is what we want to do, um, or like this is this is this is the game we're going to play so. Just so you know. So yeah, I think that there's, there's a good level of um, communication that's being being done at the moment. Nice and Luke. Obviously, the Rebels' backs are getting all the headlines. Um, us and the media tend to focus on the flashy stuff because we don't know what's going on up, up front. To be honest, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you've got, it obviously is a red hot backline. But the the way the Rebels performed against against the Reds, who you know got a pretty gnarly pack themselves, it just seemed like that was a, a real point to negate their their strengths last weekend, and you managed to do that pretty well. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, the backs. I mean, the backs. Are, 
back's going really well. It's, it is nice playing with a, a really decent back line, you know, something I haven't had much of a chance with over the um, course of my career. So um, really enjoying the, the front football we're getting off the off the backs. I mean, the forwards are, forwards are going really well. You know, we've been really hard on, on guys not missing roles and stuff in line of defence and... Um, I mean, yeah, I got, I got a couple of steals, but you know, you're not, you're only as good as your lifters. So, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of guys that are doing really good things that aren't getting noticed, but um, we're we're paying credit where credit's due in in the inner sanctum. So, yeah, it's, it's all heading the right direction, I would say. And Luke, this week uh, the Sunwolves, we saw the Waratahs slip up against them uh, last weekend. So, so what's been the the focus, and particularly off the back of a great win, by keeping that momentum and the consistency going forward? Well, um, I think I think in the past, I think the Sunwolves have been very. Uh, I think the Sunwolves have been underrated a bit, and they, I think they're a team that are really, they're really. Uh, Really good teams. Like we're, we're not we're not thinking of them as uh, we're thinking of them as like uh, one of the main contenders in this competition. And I mean, now that they've got nothing to lose, they really are coming full force. You know, they they they're taking everyone on. So we're not taking them lightly. Um, we know that they're going to play a lot of unstructured rugby. Um, they're going to play wide wide sort of phases and wide bait. Sorry, wide. Uh, Wide, wide on the field, and yeah. So we're just, we're just trying to, um, we're just trying to understand that that's that's the game, that's the way they want to play the game. So we're going to try and, we're just going to try and do what we do, worry what we do. But yeah, um, we know that they're a quality side. So yeah. And what uh, one last one before we let you go, um, and yeah. it's about it's about last Saturday night. And we spoke to uh, Will and Quaid in, in the post game. Obviously, being ex ex Reds, having had that win um, over their former side, and particularly Quaid, who has ended up at the Rebels, and you must love playing with him. But he's there because uh, he's unwanted by uh, the state that he was originally contracted to, or the province he was originally yeah. contracted to. So, so there must have been a lot of meaning. And we we asked Quaid about that, and he. he sort of took a bit of poking and prodding to to finally open up a bit and say that, yeah, it was a, a pretty satisfying win. What were you able to, obviously, you know, being around that and, and afterwards, do you think that that was particularly satisfying for Quade Cooper on Saturday night? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been treated pretty poorly from um, from the Reds. Uh, you know, he, he's, he did everything he could to, to provide for the Reds and, and they weren't happy with him, so... Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's had to jump through a lot of hurdles to get down to here, and um, yeah, I mean, it is it is satisfying for him. You know, he's had to do quite a lot to to prove himself and get back. And yeah, I think he'd be pretty pretty happy with himself. And by all reports, now um, is heading towards a, a Wallaby jersey, or certainly a big part of that conversation. So um, yeah, he's in very good form, Quade Cooper. Hey, Luke, thanks very much for joining us. Terrific right. to see you back in Australia. And I know that uh, that you know, I'm sure your family, your extended family, is very happy to have you back too, with uh, with your wife and uh, a couple of little ones there as well. So we're settled back into Melbourne, and uh, we're enjoying watching you back on the park. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the chat. Have a good uh, good day. Luke Jones back in Australian rugby after his stint at Bordeaux in France. And he is, we talked about work rate, um, he's the Rebels.
top tackler, but his work rate's always been pretty good, hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, that's always been a strength of his game. And I think uh, yeah, the whispers sort of behind the scenes as to why he wasn't getting more of a look in with the Wallabies, there was questions just about how effective he was with his, with his carries, with his tackles, whether you know whether he was winning those collision areas as well. And I think that, that's what he was referring to. And, uh, yes, so, uh, so far so good in 2019 for Luke Jones. Yeah, just him pointing it out. Like, e- efficiency, I think he used the word. So that's pretty interesting. I wonder, uh, that's Checker's kind of pet thing, isn't it? Uh, you know, those guys that are going to win the collision and, and physically outdo the other opponent. So he's in the conversation to, to wear number six for the Wallabies this year. Um, Lucan Salakai-Lotto as, as well. Who who would you be leaning towards at this stage for your blind side? Yeah, well, when we picked our teams a week or two ago, I went with Lucan, and I, I still would, uh, I think, just for that fear factor in the opposition, he, he you know can really um, break tackles and, and smash people backwards, which I think can and be a decent line-out option as well. So, Jack Dempsey doesn't do that for you? Uh, he does. He's just not quite as big, I guess, and, and less of an option in the in the line-out. So, um, yeah, but look, it, it's it's wide open. I think a lot of good judges uh, have got Luke Jones in there as well. He, he He's... As he talked about in his time in France, he's a real line-out option. Like he actually understands uh, line-outs pretty well, I think, and that, that that's what could get him a look in as well. Oh, totally. I think his line-out's just brilliant. He's one of the, the best line-outers in the country. But I, oh, I can't – I think Lucan is just a better lock, and I think we've seen that. Actually, I don't necessarily always agree with the Fox Sports um, – Team of the weeks when they come out because they're just very heavily driven just on stats. But Luke, I thought you picked that. Not a very good company to man, Christy. Luke, what are you saying about who's who's team of the week? Do you like if you don't like that one? Well, I'm not. I just don't necessarily like the concept all the time. But you look at he's actually featured since he's gone into the second row. He'd featured twice in a row, and that's because I think he's more suited to it. He likes the the more physical stuff. He's not necessarily always on the fringes like a a blind side might do. Um, And and he runs very high too, and and occasionally gets probably caught being a little bit too high into contact. I think Luke Jones is the closest thing we've seen to a Scott Fardy, which he's very popular amongst the punters. Fardy isn't he? A bit of a forgotten man, but that that grafting work, that uh, reliable line-out option, I think Luke Jones is definitely the the closest uh, clone to to a Fardy. And those wondering where what's doing with Scott, he actually just recently re-signed with with Leinster, so he's going to be there for a couple of years. So mm. people, you know, they're always going, oh, "Why don't we pick Fardy for the World Cup?" Well, you just can't. Mm. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. I, I, I love, and these conversations uh, will happen over the next couple of months. In a World Cup year, it's uh, the fact that there are genuine options is such a good thing for the Wallabies. There's a lot to look forward to in 2019. lot to look forward to this weekend as well at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney. It is uh, the Super W Decider. And let's get a chat with uh, one of the women who will play a big part in that. Emily Robinson. Emily Robinson, welcome to the Fox Rugby Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Big week coming up for you, or big weekend coming up for you, the Super W final. You'll see it uh, live from Leichhardt Oval at 4.30 on Fox Sports 506. It's on KO as well and also live stream on rugby.com.au. It is a, a rematch from last year's grand final. They're coming at you again, the Reds women. So uh, what's this weekend looking like, Em? Um, yeah, it's obviously another rematch with uh, our old foes, the Reds. And, um, yeah, look, it's going to be some pretty good rugby, I reckon, out at Leichhardt. And, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the Reds obviously have been pretty good, uh, pretty solid this year and uh, put in a pretty dominant display on the weekend against the Brummies. So, um, yeah, they're looking pretty good, but uh, hopefully we'll get the chocolates. Yeah, you obviously had the weekend off watching on while, while those two teams did battle. Was that a good thing or a bad thing for you guys to to have the week off? Will, will, the, will Queensland have any momentum, I guess, coming coming out of a good win like that? Um, no, I think it was good for us. We um, had two weeks of pretty big travel. We were, at, we were in Perth and then uh, Bathurst for the two weeks prior. So, um, yeah, I think everybody needed a bit of a breather and um, refresh the body. So, no, we're good. We're, we're all uh, – everyone's good to go. So, yeah, it'd be good. And what's what's the week look like for you in terms of training? Because we know with the, with the men's, it's it's obviously it's like Monday, it's in Tuesday, and might have a day off on Wednesday, and so forth. So so how does it play out from the women's side of things? Yeah, so normally our week is um, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. We train uh, at the Waratahs, and then on Tuesdays we club. So it's a bit different because we're playing on the Sunday, so we got. Uh, we, we trained last night, so Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday we'll train at Leichhardt. Um And then, yeah, I guess a day off on Saturday just to relax and uh, get 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 ready for Sunday. So, yeah, some uh, pretty big training nights and obviously everyone's working, but um, everyone's pretty used to the, ba- the uh, balance now. So, last week of it, so everyone's pretty fired up. Last year's final was one of the best games of rugby of the entire year of 2018. It was uh, it was remarkable. Ash Houston finally uh, knocking over that penalty at the end and, and the reaction still very fresh in the mind uh, for a lot of us from, from the Waratahs women. Um, have you sort of got a gauge on the improvement of both teams over this last season? How far do you think you've come? Not not just uh, not just you guys, but, but also the Queensland women. Yeah, I think uh, for us, I think um, Matt, Everard, our coaches, definitely um, had a big focus on our skills. Um, and I think that's from, from the very start, from November, we've been working on those uh, individual skills that transfer into the team. And I think that um, has paid off a lot. I think it's been pretty obvious, you know, some last week against the Rebels with second rowers making big breaks and, you know, being able to pass the props to wingers and things like that. I think, um, yeah, the skill level has definitely been up there. And, yeah, definitely across the other states as well, I mean, Obviously, they uh, snatched up Kobe, and she's an uh, international halfback and very quality. So I think she adds to their team. And, um, yeah, it's definitely – I think it probably be, uh, you know, just as good a battle as it was last year. So very high-skilled and uh, going to be pretty fast, I'd say. Yeah, Emma, it's clear that New South Wales and Queensland remain, the you know, the, the benchmark for – for women's rugby, how do you feel going forward? Um, what would be best for Super W? Is there scope to maybe have two New South Wales teams, two Queensland teams to, to balance it out? Because obviously the the Rebels and to a lesser extent um, WA are you know taking some time to, to bridge the gap, aren't they? Um, yeah, I think I don't think um, I don't think they're as far behind as everybody probably thinks. Um, I think they're quite skillful and. Uh, they're getting there. I mean, we have at New South Wales, we have a lot of support uh, from the Waratahs and uh, I guess from uh, the coaches and uh, the organisation. And it's pretty obvious that that transfers across to the field. And um, I think that the other teams are getting there. And I think those girls just need support. And, uh, you know, they don't need to be pushed down and down. They need to be uh, brought back up. So I'm not sure where the competition goes, but... Um, I think, I mean, it's not easy. You're not, um, 
we're not out here just going to dinner every night. We're, everyone's training just as hard as each other and making sure that we're, um, you know, trying to stay a step ahead of the game. But, um, yeah, I'm not too sure what happens, but I think that it definitely was an improvement from last year's competition and uh, hopefully it just keeps going that way. Absolutely. And what do you, and how do you think the Super W, obviously second year, but how do you think that's going to continue to help the Wallaroos going forward too? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think um, I think it was really obvious last year that um, the level of, I guess, individual skill and then yeah, going into the team stuff, playing those tests against New Zealand, everyone was just started at a higher platform. Mm. And um, I think that carried on back into, you know, pre-season for this Super W and then uh, obviously, yeah, the skill level and the level of rugby has been pretty high quality. And I think just going from that, you know, being in that professional environment to be able to go into Wallaroos, whoever does get selected, uh, has already brought that level up um, another notch. So I think it really helps, and I think it helps that the uh, national coaches get to watch uh, really good rugby week in, week out, and see where players need to work on or where they're going well and um, how they can help them out. So I think it's good. Em, good luck on the weekend. Uh, 4.30 Sunday afternoon. Um, you'll get a really good crowd there, I know, and uh, there'll be a good TV audience for you as well because uh, it's a game that deserves a, a rematch and it is the Super W final, New South Wales and Queensland. Em, thanks again. No worries. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Emily Robinson joining us on the Fox Rugby podcast and she does so much good work in not only on the field but off the field selling the game and uh, and spruiking the women's game and she works really hard as a development officer officer easy to say uh for new south wales rugby it's always good to catch up with him yeah one of the great ambassadors for women's rugby uh, known as horse of course the, the goal kicking prop um, a real a real cult hero and yeah massive uh, weekend across the game isn't it with the sevens um yeah super, hong super kong w sevens and uh and super rugby as well yeah exactly right so that's uh on Sunday afternoon, the Super W, the Hong Kong Sevens, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, and of course, it is week eight already of Super Rugby. Halfway through, woman. Yeah, it's, it is just flying by. So it starts on uh, Friday afternoon at Forsyth Bar Stadium in Dunedin with the Highlanders and the Hurricanes. That'll be a cracker. And then straight into the Reds and the Stormers. So the Stormers on this tour of Australasia, this is their third match. Um, didn't have any success in New Zealand. Came close the first week against the Hurricanes, wasn't it? And then uh, what will they be like against uh, against the Reds? Yeah, it's uh, the Reds have had a, a big leg up, actually. Our news just came out yesterday, I think, that uh, the Stormers are missing probably their two best players, certainly the most influential forwards, and Eben Edsabeth and Peter Steph Dutois. I think one of them's uh, having a baby. I think Peter Steph's uh, having, a, having a bub, and Eben's a bit knocked up. So that's... Uh, I'm it, tipping his wife's having the baby. Yeah, no, that, she'll be involved as well in some in some capacity, Thanks, I'm, I'm sure. Um, that joke. So that's, that, that's uh, yeah, you can't overestimate that. That's absolutely massive. It, so it, I think... Steph to twice probably the best, I reckon almost the best six in the world. So a huge loss. There you go, yeah. Best best seven or six. It gets confusing with uh, numbers on the backs in South Africa, doesn't it? But yeah, that, that might actually go so far as to change my tips, which are going Ooh. terribly from, from a Storm's tip into a Reds tip. What do you guys reckon? Uh yeah, um, I didn't actually know about that. I was uh, I was going to tip the Stormers, but yeah, I might have a second think about that. 
I would think that the Reds will respond pretty well after last week's poor performance, so I'm going to tip the Reds. All right. Just, just quickly on that, some very interesting comments from J.P. Smith, the Reds prop, um, asked, obviously he's obviously got a foot in both camps, having played for the Stormers, South African now um, doing very well for the Reds, and he was asked uh, what the perception is from South Africa of Australian um, forwards in particular, and he just straight up said soft, they, 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 they try and bully right? Australian players, and, and uh, if the body language is not right, they, they, they smell blood and and, um, and they know that they've, they've got you. So, um, yeah, very honest thoughts there. And, uh, yeah, I think Brad Thorne's mob will be well and truly up for up for it. They, they, they know what they're in for against the Storms. Interesting. Um, the Lions have got the Sharks at Ellis Park in Johannesburg. And then uh, three games on Super Saturday, so Saturday afternoon and into the evening, and beginning with... Uh, the Crusaders and the Brumbies, who will be travelling to uh, to Christchurch to take on the Crusaders. How do you see that shaping up? Just about the toughest task for an Australian team to go over there. The Crusaders responded outstandingly last week, and what the Brumbies still could be missing, David Pocock. So good luck there. Look, they're coming off a bye, the Brumbies, um, and their consistency's been up and down like so many other teams. So you've got to say the Crusaders, boy. Probably quite a few. Yeah, it's probably unfortunate timing for the Brumbies, isn't it? The the Waratahs um, got got their good win up in Sydney, of course, but the Crusaders, as you say, back on track, and this is going to be the first game um, back in Christchurch since the the terror attack. So um, clearly, that's going to be a big occasion for them. So. Yep, the Brumbies have had had time to, to think about it and, and they are capable, but uh, yeah, it does look a little bit ominous um, at, at this stage, doesn't it? The Waratahs are also in New Zealand uh, on Saturday evening and they will be taking on the Blues at Eden Park in Auckland. Now, the Blues have won three in a row. They look to have turned a corner and uh, are very much in form at the moment. Yeah, Leon McDonald, the new coach, of course, very interesting dynamic with him taking over um, from Tana Umanga, who's still there as an assistant. Now they, yeah, they seem to have added a little bit more steel to the the flair and pace that we knew that they did have. So yeah, they're on a bit of a roll. Probably not great great timing for the Waratahs either, no, is it? No, Raiko Yuani though, he's and what a what a player he is. So a bit of a threat lost. Take off about two or three tries from the tally. Then. <laughs> Make sure you're on that for your super coach. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tough for the Tars after the. Back of last week and and look who knows if people are going to be rested this week still to um, the vexed resting policy that's uh, caused much debate and then the uh, 7.40 game on well, 7.40 Eastern on uh, Saturday night heading down to Melbourne at Amy Park the Rebels hosting the Sunwolves and like Luke was saying you know the, the Sunwolves you never know well I was going to say you never know what you're going to get but you actually do don't you you're going to get yeah. a side that's having a red hot go every week coming off that win last week over the Waratahs. It's a real rope a thing, isn't it? We had Tony Brown on the podcast last week and he just openly said, yeah, we sort of bait these teams into playing our way and then, the, you know, people just can't help themselves um, getting a little bit loose, making errors and, and the Sunwolves pounce. So, yeah, really looking forward to that game. I'm going to miss the, the Sunwolves not being in the competition. But, yeah, two teams that are going to really throw it about and uh, that could be one of the games of the weekend for sure, I think. It's going to be a good test for Quade Cooper because we all know that he can play this expansive uh, style of rugby, but we've seen over the first seven weeks of Super Rugby that he's just gone about his business pretty quietly. Even against the Reds, there was no flashy, no look passes or offloads. So hopefully he can continue to just control the game.
Indeed, and uh, to round things out on Sunday morning our time, it will be uh, the Bulls and the Jaguares. That's at uh, well, just after midnight on uh, on Sunday morning. So that is round eight as we motor through this Super Rugby season for 2019. Uh, a big thanks once again to Emily Robinson and Luke Jones joining us on the Fox Rugby podcast today. Thanks for your company as well. And Christy and Sam, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Luke.